Hello and welcome to Considerable Thought, a Care Church podcast. This is the holiday special part three. I am one of your hosts and uh, producer Jaron Brandt, the student minister at Care Church. And I'm across the table with, uh, for the first time ever, headphoned Drew Gaylor, the preaching minister. Drew. Yes, I love hearing my voice in my ears. Yeah, it's great. We sound great. And uh, these are the only two people in the room right now. Just us. Just me and Drew. Um, that's awkward. <laughs> no, we have, uh, we have for the first time ever on the podcast, we have a third chair that is being filled, uh, by the one and only Zachary Wilson. Zach, say hello without the mic. Hello. Okay. Yeah. You can't hear you. There you go. Hello. We are, we are on a, is this called a boom mic? Yes. A boom mic stand. Uh, we're just going to swivel it back and forth between Zach and I. Drew is too good to share. So he, it's he, true. He the just true meaning of us. Christmas is being demonstrated. That's right. I'm just, Scrooge. <laughs> you are whoever the opposite of Scrooge is. It's Scrooge and, um, what, who is it? No, not Jesus. So J- that's perfect for Jesus, the Jaron, to be compared What's to Jesus. What's the guy's name? What's his employee's name? Scrooge's employee. Tiny Tim's dad. Um, Joseph. Okay, forget it. This is part three of the holiday special. It's a four-part special. And uh, we are talking about Christmas this week, the most wonderful time of the year. Last week, uh, or I guess it wasn't last week, last episode, we talked about Advent. Um, and now Advent is coming to a close on Christmas Day, which is a week from when we are recording this right now. And uh, Drew, it's beginning to feel a little bit like Christmas, especially outside. It's freezing. Yes, it's cold. Yeah, very cold for Texas anyway. <laughs> That's all. What do you? How do you feel about the the weather, Zach? I like it. I love the third chair already. It's adding so much value to this podcast. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so we are going to start the way that we always do with, um, kind of a check-in on how things are going. It's been a week or so since our last recording and, uh, things around the church get a little bit crazy around the Christmas season. Uh, lots going on, lots of different, um, activities at the church and then personal family gatherings and whatnot. We are going to, Zach, I'll also explain, Zach, have you ever listened to, to this podcast before? No fail. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. So we're going to also kind of explain the podcast to Zach as we go along and uh, maybe it'll, it'll be a good introduction to any new listeners as well. Zach is going to gonna be living vicariously through the new listener or maybe the other way around. Yeah. The new listener is yes. going to be living vicariously through Zach. Yeah. Anyway, we start, we try to start every episode with just to check in with Drew and I about what is happening in our lives uh, professionally and personally and maybe give it a little bit of a a holiday twist drew how's that sound sounds good you want me to start yeah you start this year uh it's a couple days after christmas we're going to drive up to colorado for just a few days we have an airbnb and in twin lakes colorado several years ago or uh so this isn't happening now you're actually talking in the future this is going to happen after christmas yes yeah stick with the prompt but okay go on oh i was supposed to talk about what no it's too late it's too late keep going well, this is, has been consuming my uh, mind over the last week or so since our oh, last okay. podcast. There it is. That's fair. Uh, so that's why I'm talking about Colorado. Um, and I've been prepping for our Christmas Eve service professionally, but uh, on a personal level, we've been getting ready for this trip to Colorado. And so there I'm connecting it back to what I'm supposed to be doing. How long have you had this plan? Oh, a few months. So basically what happened was several years ago, uh, especially our daughter Lorelai wants to... Um, Okay, what did you just do? We can edit nothing. This out. No, no. I just, oh. I just wanted to. Do you still hear yourself fine? You, I went down. Is that what's supposed? Yeah, to I w- you went down because you started yelling, and then I put oh. you, and then, okay. and then I, and then I put you back up. My voice disappeared. You, in and my no, headphones. I'm not taking this out. So just keep going. Okay. All right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, wanted to spend Christmas with snow because it never snows here, and so uh, our son graduates next year. So we're like, well, we need to do this trip. Uh, as soon as we can so we found a, a nice airbnb going to spend a few days up there so that's uh going to be a fun time and i'm assuming there's going to be snow in colorado where we're staying hopefully have you checked uh it's supposed to be so we'll oh. we'll see how it goes it was supposed to snow here i heard last week or something did you see that on the weathercast no i missed it 
Me too. Michaela, uh, my wife told me that it was supposed to snow a certain morning and she got really excited and then it didn't happen. But you really, anytime anyone tells you it's going to snow in Texas, you should immediately uh, be skeptical. The only thing that happens here is ice. So there's never snow. Yeah. But, uh, and then professionally, Christmas Eve service is coming up, uh, obviously on the 24th, 7 p.m. And uh, that's one of my favorite worship experiences of the year. I uh, just love the the intentionality behind focusing on the arrival of Christ. And so that'll be uh, here a week from, I guess, today. Yeah, a week from today. Looking forward Wait. to it. The Christmas Eve service. Oh, Christmas is on uh, Wednesday. On Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, I got that wrong. I said it earlier that Christmas was a week from today. It was Christmas Eve. So what about you? Either the last week and a half or the next week and a half. You can go either way like I did. Um, so I'll do I'll do a combination of both because kind of the things that have been happening personally in my life have happened and will continue to happen for the next week or so, which is uh, it's kind of like party central for uh, my family right now. Just lots of um, different gatherings with different groups of friends and family. And so that's been uh, a lot of fun. We had, um, you know, our uh, staff Christmas party was this last weekend and that was a, a blast. And, um, this upcoming weekend, we will have, um, a get together with some of our college friends at one of their, um, houses and, um, then preparing for going to San Antonio to see family as well. And all the, you know, excitement that happens with that. Um, but yeah, it's just been, a lot of scheduling to who can I see and when because the the season goes by real quick and so you try to at least we try to see as many people as we can um so that's kind of been uh what's happening personally yeah and I try then, to see as a uh, few people as possible during the holidays I hear that I hear that happens uh when you age is that true <laughs> I, I'm actually just kidding it's kind of probably <laughs> in the middle I want to see some people but not everybody like you so and then yeah. uh, I'll, I'll end with my professionally, and then I'm going to hand it over to, to Zach. Um, professionally, I am already, you know, looking ahead to the new year. Um, we've been doing lots of uh, calendar planning in the office so that we can kind of look at 2020 and say, okay, what's the you know big picture of what the next year looks like? And uh, additionally, preparing for um, the next summer. Uh, so most people know that student ministry summers are pretty uh, hectic, but also very influential for uh, our students. And so going on my, currently in my intern search for next year, we've had some really great college students come in and work with our student ministry uh, since I've been at this church. And so I want to keep that uh, streak going. And so setting up some uh, phone calls and some interviews, and hopefully I can nail down some uh, great candidates by, you know, the new year, early January, hopefully. So that's what's happening with me. Oh, and, and always grad school, which I'm always behind. We we definitely need a grad school update at some point. So we haven't. It's had one not this week. Okay. It's it's not. It's too depressing to do during the holiday special. There, there's one thing listeners ask for more of. It's grad school updates. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll believe it when I hear it. And Zach, I didn't do a very good job of introducing you. So really, I'm gonna hand you the mic or swing you the mic, and uh, just kind of introduce yourself to to the audience. Who you are? Wh- why are you here? And then. Uh, answer some of the questions about what's happening during your Christmas season, personally, professionally, swinging it over. Well, my name is Zachary Wilson. I am the worship minister here at Care Church. I was asked to come on this podcast for this special Christmas podcast event to add a few uh, thoughts and words. And... uh, so that's why I'm here, and I appreciate the invite. And great job hosting. I've never heard this. So, Jaron, amazing job. You got to keep it going. You got to keep it going. Drew, yeah, he does He does just, good work. Drew just... I just, shows up, I just Drew, show up and talk. <laughs> Drew just stares at me blankly, and I'm just like, okay, so I guess I'll keep going. And then eventually he looks up from his phone and starts to talk. Okay, that's not true at all, but... I just, I, it's, it's been great so far. So thanks for the invite. Um, what's going on in my life right now? Uh, you know, getting ready to, um, have a church on Sunday, obviously in the Christmas Eve service, I won't be here. So I'm planning it out and getting people coming in to help lead it. Um, and, uh, so yeah, just looking ahead the few weeks, uh, the next few weeks, getting all that stuff planned out. I'm also looking for an intern for this next summer, a worship nice. intern should be exciting. I don't have any interviews yet. I don't have any names, but I put some feelers out there, so we'll see. Hoping to get somebody 
amazing to come in and uh, lead worship. So that'd be awesome and that learn about great. worship. Yeah. Um, I'm headed to Portland, Oregon on Sunday after services. Shantae and I will be out there for the week, spending time with family um, and having Christmas there. And we'll help out at um, our home church Christmas Eve service. So I'm excited about that. And what time is, is your service? Uh, it's earlier. It's at five, I think. Okay. Or maybe five thirty. Okay. I don't know. Gotcha. So I'm um, excited about that. And we're just, yeah, we had another baby appointment yesterday. So everything's good and healthy and strong heartbeat and just getting ready for that. We got uh, two months, two months wow. to go. And then it happens. That's right. Life changes forever. Yeah. Was that, was that all my prompts? Was that everything? There's probably nice. no event that uh, prompts more unsolicited advice than the arrival of your first child. Yes. So, well, the biggest uh, thing right now is is the name of the child. Yeah. Um, we're, me and Shantae are pretty far off on names, and so she just asks everyone for name advice, and they give it to us. And yes. I say, she was saying, I don't, if, want, I don't if, want their advice. So she said, if y'all haven't agreed on one, by the time the baby arrives, she's just going to pick. She just picks. So I got I to gotta get it you done gotta, before You got to get it going. Happens. Yes, there's one name that she came up with that I didn't like at first, and she said it so many times now that I've started to like it. So okay, good. That yep. one, that one may happen. Gotcha. You did a great job, Zach. Excellent, Zach. Thank you. Um, so yes, we're excited to have Zach with us for um, part three of of this holiday special. Um, if you've been listening since the beginning, we've already talked about Thanksgiving. We just finished Advent, and now we're going to talk about Christmas Day. And so we're hoping that you can listen to this podcast as Christmas approaches. We've talked about traveling to go see family or um, preparing for get-togethers um, as Christmas Day uh, gets closer and closer. And we wanted to do kind of what we've been doing the last few episodes, which is kind of give a, a brief um, history of of Christmas, see how does it relate to us um, personally, and then what does it mean for our church family? Um, how should we hear the Christmas story and apply it in maybe new and unique and powerful ways? And so um, I'm going to be taking over for New Year's, and so uh, Drew is all about the Christmas season, so he was able to lead us for the Advent episode, and he's going to continue to do so for the Christmas Day episode. So Drew, answer this one simple question. What is the true meaning of Christmas? Well, before I answer that one simple question, I'm going to give a brief history, and I will lead up to the true meaning later on. Is that okay? That's fair. Wait, before you do that, how about we all answer just what off the top of our head what we think the true meaning of Christmas is? I'm immediately going to give it to Zach. Zach, the true meaning of Christmas and is, uh, you know, is there a word limit? Yeah, as as little amount of words as you you can. The true meaning of Christmas. Family. Very good. That was one word. Drew, one word. The true meaning of oh. Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas in one word now. I'm going to say neighborhood. Hmm, interesting. I'm going to say um and this is kind of, this is just me because I'm also thinking about what we're going to be talking about in the future. This is lame, but I'm going to say it. Someone had to. Jesus. Oh. oh. Well, my word. Jesus is lame. I'm saying that was a that's a, that's a it's a cop out answer is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I feel like that was too easy, but it felt right. Well, that that is probably the the best way to answer the question for sure. Jesus. And yeah. So. Uh, neighborhood for me, it's Jesus moving into the neighborhood. So that's why I picked neighborhood. Why, so. why'd you say family, Zach? Uh, because, um, I just think it's uh, the time of year that we all get to see kind of our immediate family. Um, and you know, we're just more focused on making sure we spend time with, um, our loved ones and making sure that time is, um, intentional and good, hopefully, um, and, and, uh, fulfilling for us. What do you, oh, go on. No, I like the word family too, for the, the next layer to it, the family, that we have in the family that we choose, right? So you can also spend time with uh, spiritual families or, uh, you know, friends, those kinds of things. Absolutely. Okay, Drew, go ahead. Give us a, a history of Christmas, and then we'll figure out what the actual true meaning of Christmas is. Okay, I'll come back to neighborhood here in a little bit. Okay. okay. You're saying you had the right answer. Always. Okay, good. Okay. So uh, we've probably heard a little bit about the winter solstice, um, which is December 21st this year. And so... Uh, at 11, I believe 11, 19 p.m. is the point where the North Pole is farthest from the sun. And so it's uh, the day where there's 
the least amount of sun. In fact, towns like Barrow, uh, Alaska, won't see the sunrise again until sometime in January. And so, uh, which is pretty crazy to think about. I would actually That's love depressing. to. Uh, I would love to spend about three months in Barrow, Alaska, one, at some point in the future, just in darkness. Oh, that would no. be. Uh, no. It would be a good spiritual experience for me. Have you been but, to Alaska? No, not at all. I so. went in the summer. I think it's the summer. We went on a, an Alaskan cruise and I actually get to go again the, in 2020. And it was the opposite problem where it was like the sun never went away. And it yes. was and it was amazing. Yeah. I, I would enjoy that as well. I was a, playing, any kind of extreme would be fun. I was playing basketball at 2 a.m. outside. That's good. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's okay. Go on. That's, sorry. that's the dream actually. Right. I know it was basketball so, outside in the light at 2am. Yeah. It was for, you know, eighth grade Jaren. Uh, it's still, it didn't it, get it. It's still the dream for 42 year old me. So <laughs> didn't yeah. get any better. All right. Yeah. So the winter solstice is a kind of a transition in seasons and different cultures over the years have had uh, celebrations for this. I mean, the Romans had a big one. It, they had weird traditions. It's just kind of reading about, some of these traditions they had, it was the kind of role reversals where servants would be the master for a day uh, and uh, masters would kind of kind of do whatever the servants wanted, which kind of seems like even more demeaning to me if you're a servant, like, oh, for one day you get to call the shots. But this kind of weird kind of traditions and they would have wear masks and parties. And, and so that was already underway. And then when uh, the Roman Empire became Christian, when the emperor... Constantine uh, converted and kind of overnight this um, Christianity became something that you were kind of born into, um, which changed uh, Christianity forever and kind of forced people to be more intentional about choosing Christ, uh, which this celebration kind of of the of the shortest day of the year, the season change where the sun was kind of reemerging, became uh, a celebration of a different kind of sun emerging in Christ. And so uh, but we kind of co-opted these traditions, and uh, we being Christian history, and uh, added the, the spiritual element to it. And so that's why there's all these kind of weird traditions that have been around for centuries that have nothing to do with Christianity. And there's these also Christian traditions that kind of come this strange merging together uh, around December. And nobody in history really actually thought it was Jesus' birthday. Right. Which one of my least favorite things about Christmas is uh, there's some places where they'll teach kids to sing happy birthday to Jesus. I, I'm not on board with that. I don't know why, but I just, I'm not. What is, so, it's, I feel like I've heard that done and I feel like it's more done ironically though. Do you not think so? I'm okay with it ironically, but I don't see when I see toddlers t- being taught the song, I don't think toddlers are capable of iron, uh, irony around Christmas. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, hmm. anyway, and so it's not his actual birthday, but it's a time to celebrate the arrival and for the northern hemisphere uh it is the darkest time in the winter solstice and so uh, it's this you know we live in the northern hemisphere and so it's nice for us to think about the light coming into the darkness um, as a big theme of christmas and so uh we, we did co-op some traditions there's secular things that happen uh you know santa claus kind of became something that is just a weird tradition but uh, brings gifts and there's trees there's stockings there's gift giving and then something you wrote about in your uh Student Ministry uh, newsletter, the Yule Log. You want to talk a little bit about that? Ah, yes, the Yule Log. Um, Zach, have you ever have you ever taken part in a Yule Log watching? No. Do you know what a Yule Log is? It's something to do with a fire. Yeah, absolutely. So I I was the very first time, uh, at least when I hear Yule Log, and I think most of our listeners when they hear hear Yule Log, they think of a digital fireplace. They think of a, you know, just a picture or a video of a fireplace on a TV screen that people put up if they don't have a fireplace of their own. And the first time I ever saw a Yule log um, was on a special features of a DVD of a Colbert Christmas, which is Stephen Colbert's uh, old Comedy Central Christmas special. And it's a musical, like um, he has um, Toby Keith is on there, Feist is on there. Willie Nelson is on there. John Legend is on there. Elvis Costello. I mean, it's just a great musical. And uh, a special feature says book burning Yule log. I don't know what a Yule log is. I know what book burning is, and I didn't understand how those would go together. And it's pretty much just a, it's a fireplace, and it's just copies of his book that people are just throwing in one after the other, and it burns, and it's just a joke. 
I was like, and I thought the whole thing was a joke. I thought a Yule log was a joke, and definitely the book burning was a joke. And then I go online and like, no, a Yule log is like a thing. Like people all over put these fireplaces on their television screens, and it originated. I wish I could remember the year. I want to say it's the '60s or the '70s, but it was in New York, and uh, one of the popular broadcasting networks in New York had um they had dead air on christmas eve they didn't have any programming schedule and and the the uh manager uh chairman producer whatever uh, the guy who was in charge was like that's unacceptable we have to do something and so they said just just do a like a a digital like holiday card to the city of new york and their idea was let's just video a fireplace for 90 minutes and have Christmas music playing in the background and people loved it. I mean, they just went crazy. They had it on all night during their parties and their get togethers. And it became a tradition in New York for like 30 something years. Um, and so you can still go and see the original Yule log on YouTube of that, um, WPTX something, uh, broadcasting and now YouTube has Yule logs that you can just pull up and they have millions and millions of views. So, Anyway, weird tradition, but it's one that uh, I think is just kind of has a cool story behind it. Yep. Thanks. Uh, so there's a lot of other traditions that are kind of connected with Christmas. And in the middle of it all, as we kind of uh, think about our faith, we do have a chance, an opportunity to be intentional about how we use our time and pay attention to the arrival of Christ, the incarnation, uh, God coming in and putting on flesh. And uh, there's a lot of ways we do this. Uh, I mean, there's songs that help us celebrate the Christ in Christmas. There's secular songs as well. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I just give you all a second, maybe think about a song that comes to mind. Uh, you know, one of the kind of popular songs now that came about, uh, I don't know, back in the 80s or 90s. Are we talking about secular songs? Uh, either way, either way. Uh, but Mary, Did You Know um, came mm, around. And I, I read something funny about this song is it's basically a guy mansplaining to Mary who her son is. And so... Uh, That's good. And it's... It's that's true. Zach it's, rolled uh, his eyes when you said Mary. Did you know? Well, no. Elaborate. I, it's just, I don't know. It's a funny song to me. That's all. That's all I really have. I love so that. How did Mary not know it was the Son of God? She knew it was a virgin birth. She knew it was something special. It was the Son of God. So I, I, just, I, it's not my favorite. Well, which is why I brought it up, because it, I read that, you know, it's basically a guy mansplaining to Mary who her son is. And so Mark Lowry is the writer of the song, and he is a uh, Christian songwriter and a comedian. So uh, interesting. I've also met Mark Lowry once in my life. Oh, OK. At some, I don't know, it was some award ceremony that we were singing at, and he was a goof. So maybe that's why I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a part of it. It's not it's not necessarily my favorite either, but I do like the idea of paying attention to Mary, even mm-hmm. though uh, we'll talk more about her later. But um, other songs like Silent Night uh, was written in uh, 1800s by a by a priest. And he uh, he wrote the words and he had a, a teacher who um, kind of wrote the music and played it for a Christmas uh, Eve service. And then uh, famously, 100 years later, during World War One, uh, England and Germany quit fighting. And I uh, took turns singing Silent Night in English and, and German, which I, I wish that it wouldn't just be one day a year we, we'd stop fighting. Um, Thank you. Yeah, okay. So, wait, I got to yeah. jump in here okay, because I was at a, um, our student ministry does, you know, small group meals together once a week. And we were just talking, oh no, it was at our Christmas party actually. And we were talking about, I don't know how it came up, but this famous account of, you know, these soldiers from both sides putting, laying down their weapons and meeting in the middle and enjoying Christmas together was talked about. And, you know, people, I feel like it gets brought up every year, this amazing story of, of Christmas spirit. And I have, I just can't, I don't like the story, not because it's, obviously it's great that they stopped fighting, but the fact that they, the next day, then continue to kill each other, does that not diminish the story entirely? Oh, yeah. That, and the, none of the students agreed with me. They were like, no, it was beautiful. One day they were, I was like, and the next day they killed each other. Yeah. I, so am I alone here? Zach, am I alone here? No, I agree with you. Well, and it's like, too, it's like, it's, it's a part of, I think, the world and how we live. Most, you know, a lot of people will 
come to church or celebrate celebrate Christ on Christmas and Easter. It's like those two days, they make sure they um, think about or celebrate or come to church or whatever. And then the next day, it's back to the lives without Christ in it. And so, yeah, it's it's something that should be part of us all year, obviously. Every there's day. there's good uh, vibe in the room here because we're all in agreement. Um, this is rare, Zach. This is very <laughs> rare, yes. <laughs> you need to come more often. Although I do like the story of that hope that they put aside, but it should be more than one day, of course. The story also bothers me, and so uh, so I think it's something that should— uh, the whole idea of one day let's not fight, and then let's just pick up fighting again the next day, it's, it's, it's always bothered me. And so it's like— uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Scrooged, uh, Bill Murray. It's a classic. And he, at the end of this movie, there's this plea for, hey, it's just, one, uh, just one day a year, let's just, you know, be kind to each other and all these things. It's like, no, let's do that every day of the year, not just during Christmas. And so everybody's like, yeah, for Christmas I'll be uh, selfless. And then uh, December 26th, I'll go back to being selfish. And so this whole idea of just, no, it's supposed to be every day. But it does start with one day. It has to start with one day, and then you build upon that. Yeah, that was all I was going to say. No, that, I agree with that, and I think we've just lowered our expectations, and all we can hope for people is just one day to be nice to each other, and uh, that's all we can hope. So, set anyway, the, hey, set the bar low. That's yeah. what I always say. <laughs> I wanted to comment on your on your uh, Christmas songs. Uh, yeah. Did you have any others that you wanted to? No, mention? go jump in. Yeah, this is um, one, and uh, Zach, you'll appreciate this as a worship minister. The one of the songs that always comes to my mind. Uh, oh, there's two. One is uh, the Magnificat, which is Mary's song that we find in Scripture. It's a four-part harmony. Um, we we would sing it at my church, like all the time, like not just at Christmas time. And so when I when I dis- began to discover that oh, this is like a Christmas song, I had no idea. Um, just makes me appreciate it even more around this time of year. But love that song. And the other one is Away in the Manger, and I don't really. Musically, I don't. It's not like that song is catchy to me, or I enjoy it that much. But what I always remember is being asked to lead Christmas songs with my youth group when I was growing up, and they give me a list. You know, like you can sing, you know, "Joy to the World," "Silent Night," away, like all these classics, "Hark the Herald," and they'd say "Away in the Manger," and I would always, you know, I think one time I started "Away in the Manger" with like. Away in a manger, no crib for. And I just went real, and I was like, "Oh man, I can't start." You didn't and stop. You just kept going. no, I I don't know what happened. All I know is afterwards, the the song leader uh, of my church, who was who was a volunteer, he had like this workshop of like song leading, and I still remember some of the stuff he taught. It was really great for me as someone who volunteered with the youth group. And he had like a few things that he just wanted wanted people to know. It was like random, quick quick uh, thoughts that, that you need to remember one and this is his overall stereotype he was like number one um open your mouth wider than you think like that that was one of his notes number two if the women are leading like uh, if it's like an echo thing and the women start they will probably drag like they'll go slower and i was like that's just his his experience at our church and then the next Sunday I listened, I was like, oh, you're right. The ladies do go slower than the guys. Like, we want to sing faster. They want to sing slower. It Inter- was interesting. It was really interesting. And the third one was always start away in the manger higher than you would ever think. And so I always, from that point on, I was like, away in a manger. And I so that when it got real low, I didn't have to worry about it. It's what? very brave of Jaron to be singing right in front of Zach. Uh, good work. I it's beautiful, Jaron. You should always sing. My, my, I would say my tips are, I only have one, leading acapella songs. Yeah. Always use a pitch pipe. Always. And then you're good. We have to have you lead Away in a Manger sometime. But that's just, I always remember that. Away yeah. in the Manger, never start where you want to, always go higher. And so that's, and it, it's do you, agree, do you agree with that, Zach? No, but he. I, I, I don't think I've led that song in a while, so. I don't know. Okay. But this is another kind of myth of Christmas is that Jesus was born in a manger. It doesn't say that in the Bible. It's it's probable. It most likely could have happened, but technically it doesn't say that. So I don't I don't sing it that often. That's true. Uh you get into the actual te- technicality of where he was born. It was it could have been even been a cave. Yeah. Um with a lot of times animals were kind of kept there and if, if it uh, likely could have been a cave just on the ground. Um, so the whole manger thing, right, is 
is a part of the kind of myth of Christmas that we've kind of constructed around it. So, yeah. Away in a manger. <laughs> it's always higher. Uh, this always song may haunt me now. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Drew, please take it. You're in charge here, not me. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so the, the true meaning of Christmas kind of gets us pointed back toward Jesus, whether it's Jaron using the easy answer or family or neighborhood kind of gets us back to thinking about Jesus actually showing up, God putting on flesh, becoming human and walking around. And so uh, throughout the scripture, the whole arc of the Jesus story is is remembered and told. It's not just, you know, he you know, dies on the cross and he's resurrected. It's the whole story that God became one of us, walked around, experienced everything that we experienced, as the writer of Hebrews would tell us. Or Philippians 2, this kind of uh, song in Philippians 2 that celebrates Jesus being God, giving that up, uh, becoming one of us, and then being lifted up again, exalted. And so that's the entire arc of the Jesus story. But it, it starts with his arrival, uh, his birth. And that's what Christmas gives us the chance to do and focus upon. And so um, before we dive into kind of some scripture that kind of helps us think about the meaning of Christmas, what are some memories uh, that we all have of just Christmas in general, something that we've done or uh, something that's important to us. I remember uh, my parents telling me this story. I was very difficult to get to sleep. Uh, I, I was I was their firstborn, and uh, just it was hard to get to sleep. So they used to do this trick where they would put me in kind of a car seat, I guess, and put uh, just turn the dryer on or the washing machine, and kind of put me up there, and and it would work. I guess the movement uh, would get me yeah. to sleep. I was like, thankfully, I never like fell off of uh, the dryer washing machine. But another thing, it was around Christmas season. I loved to go see nativity scenes. And they would as have a kid, as a kid as a kid they would have to they I would say take me to see baby Jesus and uh, they would have to go on these trips like every night like twenty times I just was relentless uh, I just would not stop talking about it till they did it so I've always had this kind of just just drive just really a passion passionate about Christmas the season that started even before I could even know why and so That's uh, interesting I, anyway it's an interesting story and uh, then over the years there's different kind of memories that come to mind. Uh, my grandmother was always very grateful for the gifts that we gave her. And so we tested this one year. Whatever we gave her, she said, oh, this is the best whatever it is I've ever received. And so one year we went outside, just found a brick and wrapped it up, put her name on it. And she opened it and she smiled big and said, oh, this is the best brick I've ever received. <laughs> and she wasn't putting on a show. It was like, wow, she really appreciates this, this brick, which it, it's insane. We had a big good laugh about it. But she really did choose joy. Um, yeah. She really did choose to kind of that, that Philippians 4 passage, Rejoice, that was her uh, lifestyle. And so uh, there's been a few Christmases where there has been snow for us. We lived in Indiana for a few years. Uh, we actually visited Texas before we moved here uh, on, during Christmas in 2012, and there was snow. I don't know if it was actually Christmas Day. Were you visiting for family? Visiting my wife's family, yeah. and uh, there was snow, and enough to make a snowball. And wow. uh, my son was running across, and I was... I had the perfect, I just, I was going to nail him in the face, but he stopped running. And this neighbor from across the street came out from behind a tree and it, <laughs> it hit her right in the face. I didn't even know this person. It was this moment in time. I can what still you, remember. What, I just was say? like, I was mortified. I just was like, I'm so sorry. And of course my son's like rolling. Yeah, yeah. He just loves the moment. And, uh, she actually, uh, pretty soon after that moved. And, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sense. sure it's because I visited yeah. and hit her in the face with a snowball, but Anyway, uh, memories that y'all have. Um, I would say, so a couple of my favorite memories growing up. Um, whenever our family got our Christmas tree, that night we would um, spend time together decorating it. And we had like little hors d'oeuvres and we'd drink eggnog and mm. cider or some, stuff like that. How can you drink eggnog? I just oh, can't I love it. eggnog. Yeah, eggnog is oh, amazing. so bad. Okay. Like, I don't even, I'm speechless eggnog is amazing um and so uh it was just yeah special memories of togetherness and decorating um the tree although that would be one tree we had that the family decorated and then there'll be another special tree that was really nice and pretty that my mom decorated as well so we'd always have two trees where were the presents under which tree they were under the family tree okay uh well maybe they were both i can't remember okay um and uh the other um memory is so we 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 i think we did presents differently as other families do. So we would open up all of our, pres oh, I cannot talk, all of our presents on Christmas Eve, and we'd have one big present to open um, Christmas morning that was from Santa. So that was always special to us. 
Um, and I remember my grandma always gave us sweaters. And for me and my brother, they were matching, which I loved because I was the younger uh, brother. I'm sure he hated it. And I looked just like my older brother. As I loved the older it, brother. And he hated he it. He can't be on board with yes, that. Yes, he no. did. He would wear it one, one time when we went over to grandma's and that would be it. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Peter on that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, a few, few things that come. Uh, oh, my. Zach just got an update <laughs> from ESPN, it sounds like. Uh, come on. That, is that the ESPN? Yeah, it's for fantasy football. I'm in the championship league here at okay. church. I'm in the championship against Sean Davis. So, so that was planned. A lot of waivers. So you can bring this up yeah, for sure. Going on. I got to pick up some players and win the game this week. Yeah. So Jared and I are also in that league, um, and so Zach is his first year right in the league, and so he's trying to win it in year one, uh, which happened last year. With last year, Charles, one mm-hmm. of our friends, and so uh, if it happens again this year, it'll be two years in a row. The f- first year in the league won. So. What's great, it's a good story for Zach because the draft, we were just teasing him relentlessly about the players that he was drafting. Well, his and first 17 picks, he picked <laughs> quarterbacks. And so you actually You're have like, to have other positions. And so, you realize you need a running back. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. QB Quattro. Yeah. It's in the championship. Yeah, so it's it really is a, a rags-to-riches story uh, for Zach Wilson. Uh, go back to Christmas. Um some of the memories that I have, um, first you mentioned, you know, this Christmas you're trying to see snow and in Texas you saw snow. Um, one of my, one of the, my favorite things about growing up in San Antonio Christmas time is the fact that there wasn't any snow. I'm not, a f- I use snow recreationally and that's about it for, you know, snowballs and snowboarding. And I think those are the only two good things that can come from snow. Everything else I really just don't like about it. Um, so I love being able to get that new bike or that new skateboard or the new football or basketball and immediately I can go outside and start playing, start, you know, shooting hoops, things like that. So really enjoyed that from being a hockey fan. You should, you should love the idea of being, they don't play in the snow sort of, uh, yeah. But if you're in in an environment where there's snow, there's also probably ice. If what I, about the idea of being somewhere where you could actually go and play that, hockey on natural No, ice. that would be amazing, but that's not happening okay. in Texas. You know what I mean? So it's just No, that's true. No, I just, just try to give you one one reason fair. to like I snow. think and maybe I would like snow if I grew up in the north. Like it'd be normal, but now it's it just seems like a hassle if snow ever comes in the south or like at uh Oklahoma or in Oklahoma where I went to school or Zach and I both went to school. We uh it would snow probably once a year when I was there and it was cool for about two hours and then I was over it. But do you, how do you feel about snow, Zach? Uh, I'm kind of indifferent about it. It's something that happens every once in a while in Portland. I mean, it happened for maybe like a week every year, but it usually came later, like in January. So we would get a few days off of school. So we liked it. I also don't like snow, but it's because, uh, we lived in Indiana for four years and it would, snow and be cold really really cold like single digit cold and then like four months later it would get warm again and so uh it's just the, the snow yeah, would be yeah. these these like dirty mountains of snow for like three months that would never melt and so uh i'm not a huge fan of winter in general but yeah so anyway no snow loved uh this was the time of year that my family would serve tamales for like two days straight and absolutely loved tamales so christmas morning tamales were the best and so that's a memory that i i still have and um i'm excited to go home uh to san antonio this this year because i know we'll get get some tamales um we would also i always remember going to um this eastern star lodge uh, so i don't know how much y'all know about the like freemasonry um but pretty much social clubs for uh older folks is kind of how i view it um there's more there's definitely more to it uh there's there's um you know charity is involved and uh there's religious commitment that is involved in these but uh, my grandpa and grandma would um be involved in the eastern star lodge and so they'd have the lodge christmas party and this was always just the the most interesting experience for me mostly because we would gather in this kind of uh, you know imagine this uh this oh man I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like this where ceremonies take place. So like there's, you know, there's a Bible in the middle that was on a pedestal that you couldn't, mm. you couldn't touch and interact with. And there's these thrones on each side of the room and the important people sat in the thrones. And then 
everyone else would sit on these chairs that surrounded them and you had to dress a certain way and act a certain way and finally when they got through all the stuff that i was like really kind of like you know observing then santa would come and santa always came through the fire escape every year and so there was a there was a staircase or a, a fire escape uh ladder that went from the floor of this uh from went from the parking lot to the second story of this lodge uh like area and so every year my brother and i tried to make like once santa left he would give us presents then he'd walk out the fire exit and we knew he had to like climb down the stairs so every year we would like want to try to get out there fast enough so we could see santa climb down and we never never got to oh you never did it no because i mean we're stuck there while they like close with i don't know if it was like a prayer or a song or something like that and so santa did that and then went incognito again so that's a, another fun uh, memory. We celebrated the eve of Christmas Eve, which we'd open one present on the eve of Christmas Eve because my grandpa couldn't wait till Christmas. So that your, was just... Your grandpa, your, in quotation marks, couldn't wait? No, really. Yeah, he was like, he loved presents. And so yeah. he was like, you're going to get one on Christmas Eve and the rest of them on Christmas morning. And he was like, what about the eve of Christmas Eve? Like, that's a that's a big deal, right? What about the eve of the eve i think my grand i think my grandma could only take one okay. and so okay. now we open one present on the eve of, e of the eve then one on the eve and then the rest of them on on christmas morning um and going to what zach said that one big present we had that one big present uh on christmas morning and it was it was our santa present um but we could have a whole conversation of the role of santa and what it does play in the lives of children and what it how it you know what role it should play either way we had a santa gift at my house and my grandma's house like santa loved us so much that he oh. went and dropped off a present at my house and my grandparents house santa didn't love me that much well yeah just saying that's that's <laughs> yeah you're on the naughty list True. um but we my brother and i were never like i don't know if we were really santa believers ever i don't think there's ever a how could you not be? I no, just, no, that's no. I just don't think we were. That's not true. But however, the one Santa present was always on the piano bench. So it was mm -hmm. never wrapped. It was an unwrapped present and it was on the piano bench. We had a piano in this room of our house. And so it was our piano bench present. And still to this day, we call it the piano bench present. Like the piano bench had more power than Santa. Whatever was on the piano bench, that's that was the good stuff. And well, I know I've been, this is, these are all Christmas memories I'm going on and on about. This is the last one that I'm, I think is just funny. And so the piano bench had power, but more importantly, my uncle Cliff was the man. So I don't, I mean, the Santa could bring whatever, the piano bench could hold whatever, but my uncle Cliff, I knew every year was going to have the greatest present of all time. And it was true over and over again. It started with Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, that is the worst ever gift. Well, oh, as a parent, no. At the time, it was great. So Tickle Me Elmo, mm. then followed by this baseball um, video game simulator motion thing. This is, you know, way before anything actually worked correctly. But it was a thing you played into your TV, and you had a baseball bat. And, you know, it would throw a ball, and you'd swing the bat, and somehow it would pick up that you swung the bat, and you'd hit it. And it was, I mean, I loved baseball. Kind of like time. the Wii before the Wii? Yes, exactly. Okay. And my, my Uncle Cliff got me that. Then my Uncle Cliff got me this massive casino table i was really into poker at the time and so it came with like uh, a texas, black texas hold yeah okay it came with a poker table a blackjack table uh a uh, roulette like table a craps table it was all in this one really amazing thing my uncle cliff got me that so every year i'd be like what is uncle cliff gonna give me this year because it's gonna be amazing and <clears throat> one the week before christmas i go downstairs and there's this massive present in the corner and it's wrapped and i go who is this from? Because this is this is big, and I look and it says from Uncle Cliff to Jaren, and I'm like, is this Uncle Cl like Uncle Cliff's presence already here? And my mom's like, oh yeah yeah he sent it. I was like, I've been here all week. I would have remembered a, a package coming. She's like, no 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 no. And I'm like, no seriously. Like when did this come? Like I kept questioning like when did this show up? And my mom eventually was just like, we need to talk. And she told me that year that my uncle Cliff had never bought me a single present. He had, what? he had always sent money to my mom and my mom just bought the one thing that I wanted the most. I always thought that my uncle Cliff just was like the best 
And it was my mom the entire time. And that hurt more than Santa. Like a hundred times more. That was that was the worst. Did you ever talk with Uncle Cliff about this? Yes. Now it's a joke. Now every year when I see Uncle Cliff, he like gives me money and he's like, do what you want with it or whatever. And he was still funding the gift. So in some way he was connected but to it. But it wasn't. I thought it was like my Uncle Cliff knew me so well. Oh. Like somehow magically like he was. He just knew. And he lived He lived in uh, Arizona. I mean, I never saw him except for Christmas. And when I didn't see him, I'd still get an Uncle Cliff present. So like he was just the man. And to know that it was my mom the entire time. Anyway. That, that's my that's so my some Christmas of us have story. santa others of us have uncle cliff yeah. so does that mean your mom is the man now because she picked all these amazing gifts for you yeah i mean that's she deserves to be the man but i i'm still like kind of mad at her that she kept it from me but i imagine this is how kids feel when they find out about santa and i've which santa is real for any kids that are listening while their parents listen so we, <laughs> do it no do we have do we have children listeners? They might be in the car while it's being played. Oh, you're right. Oh man. So Santa is Santa's coming. real. Uncle Cliff is not. <laughs> Uncle Cliff is not real, but Santa is. <laughs> anyway, that's that's all for me. Sorry, sorry that takes so long. But we're gonna. I know Drew, you wanted to talk about not just uh, kind of this um, secular experience of Christmas, which is still full of lots of fun, lots of family, lots of joy. But there's also the story of Christmas that we see kind of throughout Scripture. And so you want to talk about that? Yes, and uh, it's all it's all intertwined, though. All of our memories of Christmas kind of collectively come together to kind of create this mentality around the holidays that is meaningful, um, whether it's uh, time with friends, time with family, traditions. Um, and then there's this extended memory that we have as the people of God uh, of how God has worked uh, in history and among us. And so... Uh, the arrival of Christ is the turning point uh, for us as those of us who follow Christ. And so uh, there's three main places I want to just talk briefly about in Scripture that help us understand uh, the meaning of Christmas. Uh, Matthew and Luke are the two of the four Gospels, and they are the only two that really kind of give us a little glimpse at the birth or arrival of Jesus. And Matthew, he focuses on, well, before he gets to the story of Jesus, he, he, does have the, he has this genealogy. Uh, where he kind of walks through the ancestors of uh, of Jesus through the line of Joseph, and uh, in this genealogy, he he breaks script or goes off script four times uh, to mention four women, uh, and so there are only four men he he, he mentions, uh, and so uh, he talks about Tamar, uh, Rahab, Ruth, and Uriah's wife, uh, as we know as Bathsheba. All four of these women uh, were not Jewish. Uh, they were Gentiles. Uh, all four had some sort of scandal around them, at least from a um, uh, just a scandal attached to them. Most of it had to do with their sexual life, um, uh, and it was stuff that had happened to them, nothing they had really chosen. Um, so there's all the, it's an interesting thing that Matthew does in the very first 17 verses of the gospel is the lineage of Jesus, there's, there's, uh, there's Gentiles there. Uh, there's there's a mess. There's messy stories. Uh, Mary's going to have a story that almost leads to her being divorced by Joseph because uh, she's pregnant uh, through the Holy Spirit, and it, it takes a while for Joseph to kind of be communicated this through a dream. But um, even in the lineage of Jesus, there's mess there. There's people that aren't true uh, from a blood perspective and the bloodline of, of God's people. And so Matthew is showing us from the very first words that Jesus is for everybody. Uh, there's no mess too big that Jesus can't become a part of and help us kind of come out of that mess. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just this, uh, if you if you pay attention to those names as they show up, it really gives more meaning to that Jesus is for everybody. Uh, Matthew focuses on Joseph, where Luke focuses on Mary. And we really only know one thing about Joseph, is that he's faithful. Um, it says he's, he, you know, he's righteous. Because he's righteous, he wasn't going to, he was within his rights to have Mary stoned uh, because she was pregnant before they were married. Um, it says he was uh, different translations. He was either righteous or he was faithful to the law, um, but he was gonna he was gonna be kind and just divorce her quietly. Um, and all all we know of Joseph is that kind of brief description. And then all we see him do is the angel shows up in dreams, tells him what to do, and he goes and does it. In Matthew one, Matthew two. That's whatever the angel says. This is what you're to do. He just wakes up and he goes and does it. And I just love that the one thing we know about Joseph is that he is faithful, 
he does what God wants. He listens and he follows. And he and that's what righteous means is being faithful. And then also in Matthew, we have the, the Magi or the wise men show up, um, which they don't show up at the nativity. Uh, they, they, it takes them a time. They, they show up later on in the story when Herod is kind of aware of things and wants to kill those boys that are two years and younger. So somewhere between birth and two, uh, the wise men show up. Um, and so uh, that's part of the Matthew story. Uh, the Luke story focuses on Mary and Elizabeth and John the Baptist showing up the same time as Jesus. There's a lot of songs in Luke uh, that are celebrating what God is doing. And Mary is focused on. She has this message uh, from Gabriel that what's going to happen and she, how is this going to, how does this work? And the line that I always remember with Mary is um, she's told this hard thing that she's going to have to, people are going to think horrible things about her. Um, and she says, may it be as you have said. Again, Joseph is faithful. Mary is, is, is called a servant. And she just says, may it be as you have said. Again, this kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to follow. I'm faithful. And, and that's, those are the parents of Jesus, just people who were faithful. Um, and I think that's just powerful. Shepherds show up in Luke's story. They show up, kind of these people on the outskirts of society show up and celebrate the arrival of Christ. And then uh, when Christ shows up in the temple to be dedicated, he's, he's presented in a way with a dove, which is what uh, poor people were allowed to do. So he was born into poverty. Uh, he, he went to Egypt uh, to, whenever Herod was trying to kill him. So he was a refugee. I mean, just all these things that Jesus shows up and he, and he knows grief too, because Herod killed uh, newborn children trying to kill Jesus. Um, and so there's this, a lot of things with the arrival of Jesus that shows us that he can relate to everything that we go through. He can experience, he, he is present with people who feel like they're on the margins of the world. Um, that's all part of the Jesus story. And one of my favorite places to talk about the birth of Jesus is in Revelation. Revelation 12 it gives us this kind of backstage pass to the Christmas story. What's going on in heaven, the spiritual warfare element. Um, there's this woman who gives birth, and this dragon comes down and tries to kill the baby. And uh, we, when we read Matthew, we think it's Herod, but really it's evil at work through the people in power trying to get rid of Jesus. Um, and so the, Revelation 12 tells the story of uh, he's, uh, the, the woman and child are ushered away to safety, you know, they go to Egypt to get away from the, the attempts of evil to, to put him out, to, to, to snuff out life. Uh, he's protected. And so uh, the devil or Satan turns his attention to the offspring, uh, those who follow Jesus, uh, because he knows his time is short. Evil has been defeated. God has won. We are in the period of time between when evil has been defeated and the end of all things. And so Evil is lashing out at uh, people and those of us who follow Jesus, but he's, evil's already lost. Um, and so the Christmas story reminds us of mm. all of this. Uh, and I just love the different dimensions to this, uh, the arrival of Jesus and how it sets all of this into motion. And so that's just a little backstory from Scripture about uh, Jesus. Anything, as y'all think about Scripture and uh, the birth of Jesus, anything come to mind that really helps us kind of get closer to the meaning of Christmas? Um, I was just thinking about, you mentioned Matthew and Luke, and the, each one has slightly a different take on the story. Um, Mark skips that story completely and just starts uh, with um, adult Jesus and his ministry. Um, but John is in, a, is in a weird spot because it doesn't skip the beginning, but it just talks about it in a different way. That's true. And so you mentioned um, how your word was neighborhood, which automatically makes me think about John 1 and some sort of incarnation there. And so I think there's also something to be said about um, the Christmas story when you look at that poem of sorts at the very beginning of John, um, where the word becomes flesh and makes his dwelling among us, which is a, you know, a one verse kind of poetic recap of the Christmas story. Is that uh, fair to say? No, that's a great, and that's, you're right, that's a part of the thinking behind my word neighborhood is that the word put on flesh uh, became one of us. And yeah, John 1 gives us uh, the spiritual understanding of the arrival of Christ. Yeah. No, this is all great. And I love getting able to visit with both of you, um, not only about um, our family experiences and um kind of growing up around the Christmas season, but also what does um, the biblical story, what does our faith um, 
teach us about this season as well. Uh, but we always end these episodes with a so what. Like, uh, it's cool that it's informational. You get to learn a little bit more about us here in the room. Uh, but we want to take what we have spent time with, take the things that we have heard from one another and what we've heard from Scripture and say, does this mean anything uh, to the way I should act moving forward? And so uh, we asked two questions. So what, what does that mean for how do we, how do we now and how should we celebrate Christmas individually based on what we have heard and what we've talked about? And how should we uh, celebrate it communally or uh, collectively as a congregation? Um, Zach, uh, I'll let you think about that on a little bit. Oh, you got something right now? Let's do it. Oh, all right. I was going to give you some time. I didn't know you were prepared. (laughs) I, I don't know if I'm prepared, but this, this, um, just these thoughts uh, were kind of coming to me as as Drew was talking, and I think my answer is kind of one that is both individual and collectively. Um, I mean, to me, I feel like Christmas. Uh, I mean, it is a time to come together and celebrate and celebrate Christ and be with family, um, but also it's an important time of the year as we come up to New Year's just to be um, recommitting to Christ, being people that are. Um, being repentive and um, recommitting ourselves to the work that we're doing and how we can be better um, and how can we can be more uh, like Christ. So um, for me, it's thinking about, you know, what were the good things that I've done this past year? Um, how have I grown spiritually um, coming up this next year? How can I take the next couple steps um, in, in being uh, more committed to Christ? Um, so yep. good stuff. Yeah, I'll go next, and, and Drew, you can close us out. Um, I was thinking about the how special the presence of God is throughout the biblical story, um, you know, with uh, the way that uh, the temple was treated, um, the way that God showed up in the Exodus account. I mean, when God shows up, it was a huge deal. And when God was dwelling in a certain place, that was also a huge deal. And uh, the fact that every Christmas we celebrate um, God's presence physically on this earth, uh, that is the biggest deal of all. And so I think personally what that does for me is maybe the Christmas season needs to be a time where I, um, become a little bit more aware of God's presence on this earth. Um, when Jesus is crucified and then is resurrected three days later, and then uh, 40 days later ascends, uh, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my spirit who um, will be even better for you. And that presence has yet to leave us. You know, God with us, Emmanuel, um, has stayed with us since the Christmas story. Yet only once a year we make it a big deal. And so maybe it's, it's time to personally for me to say, Christmas is the perfect time to reevaluate how aware I am of the presence of God in my life. Um, And so I wrote down, you know, a time of meditation where I'm entering into the throne room of God um, during Christmas time seems the most appropriate when I think of the whole uh, biblical narrative and whole Christmas narrative. And then I'll I'll go to to collectively too. I'll do both of them together. one of the words that has um, been on my mind for the last, I don't know, several months is uh, the word solidarity. And um, I was just reading actually an article about it the other day um, about solidarity is not just being empathetic or understanding or agreeing with somebody, but it's being um, quote unquote with somebody um, sharing their, their experience and sharing their life. And that is exactly what the Jesus story is about, is him being in solidarity with creation and with us. And so um, that word is the most, I feel like the most concrete type of word that we can use versus the, I think we spend a lot of our time in the Christmas season at church being very hypothetical. We like, we talk about the idea of incarnation or the idea of Jesus saving us, the idea of Jesus being with us. And to take a, you know, a play from Jesus's playbook and say, no, we're going to be in solidarity with one another means that we are going to show up the way that Jesus showed up. And we are going to be present in people's lives, actually, uh, concretely, physically. And uh, I think that the Christmas season should be a time where the church family 
shows up for each other in huge ways because we have fresh on our mind the way that Jesus concretely and physically showed up uh, on this earth. The spirit being with us is something that I think I have to meditate on because it isn't seen. It isn't, uh, you know, it's a different type of experience than a man walking on this earth and doing the things that Jesus did. But that's the story that we're celebrating. We're celebrating the coming of, of Jesus in the flesh. And so how do we be in the flesh to our church family? And I think a lot of that has to do with really, really showing up. And that can be, and that's not just showing up to a Christmas Eve service, though I hope that happens, but showing up when it's needed and showing up when it's necessary in people's homes, at people's, uh, in people's times of need, because Jesus comes at just the right time for us. So that's what I got. Yeah. So the whole solidarity concept is good. And uh, to me, it, it just another layer to the whole neighborhood idea that Jesus, yeah, God loves us and he moved into our neighborhood. And he said, hey, I'm going to go and be with you. And then we have a chance to do the same thing and actually call to do the same thing and go in and kind of be in, be in, be neighbors with each other. Um, and both those of us who are walking with Christ and those in the world, just that's what that's what we do. We show up and that's what God has done for us. And so one of the words I think of is kind of how we can respond and take this with us is gift. Uh, I think uh, one of the ways salvation has been talked about in the past is that, you know, when Jesus died, kind of. God was going to get rid of us, and then Jesus died in for us, and oh, and now God's okay with us. And I think that messes up the story of salvation in a lot of ways, that uh, really what happens in Jesus is not God changing his mind about us, but humans changing their mind about God. Uh, and so Jesus is showing us who God is more so than trying to change God's mind about punishing us or getting rid of us. And so this gift that Jesus is for us, uh, and then we're entrusted with Jesus, and that of all the ways God could have come to us, God came as a newborn child. Just the vulnerability of that gift is just amazing to me. Uh, and Martin Luther, for instance, would would spend Christmas sermons talking about, you know, how God uh, had like a soft spot on his head because he was an infant, uh, or you know, God was depended upon other people even to eat. Uh, to, to be cared for. And so uh, that God becomes one of us, moves in the neighborhood, actually is vulnerable enough to come to us as a child, uh, is an amazing gift. And so then we both individually and collectively can uh, follow that model and be vulnerable uh, and say, hey, we're, we're gifting ourselves to each other. As Jaron said, solidarity is a, is a good word for that. But um, I think that's, we do that as individuals. We do that uh, collectively. We show up for, for each other. And it's not, you know, it's obviously I agree with in the kind of times when we're of need, but it's also just on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Just one of our habits we cultivate here is just we show up every week for worship because we want to be with each other. We want to encourage each other. Um, it's too often we think about, ah, you know, I don't really feel like it today, maybe, or, uh, you know, I have something else to, to kind of focus on. But we show up because someone else needs us to be there. Mm-hmm. Someone else needs to be encouraged by just our presence. And really, there's nothing else really expected of us. It's great when there's a chance for people to read or to sing on the praise team or share a thought for a meditation. That's wonderful. But really just being here is a gift. Um, and Because mm-hmm. we see more people, we see more of us. You say, okay, yeah, there's, 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 I'm not alone. I'm a part of something bigger. And we do that for each other every single We have a chance every week to do that for each other. Um, and so I think that's just a big part of taking the Christmas year round is every Sunday we share Christ around tables together uh, and we, we have a chance to in- encourage each other, be Christ for each other by just showing up. And I think that's um, one way we can take this year round, this idea of Christmas. Yeah, well said. Well, that's the that about wraps us up for uh, the Christmas episode of uh, Considerable Thought. Um, thank you all for uh going on this holiday journey with us. We got one more stop ahead of us, which is New Year's. And uh, Drew, I don't know when we're going to record New Year's, but it'll be pretty soon. And we'll make sure you have it available before you get with your uh, friends and family on New Year's Eve and and celebrate. Or soon after. Or soon after. I just, I'm I'm uncomfortable with the word guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) We'll try our hardest, but we've enjoyed it. Uh, Zach, thank you uh, for joining us on this episode. Any uh, closing uh, thoughts, remarks about your experience 
here with us today. Uh, just thank you for your kindness and your hospitality here on the podcast. Hopefully this is the, the first of many times the third chair will be, uh, will be uh, used. So. Yes. Just the third chair, not me specifically? Yeah, I'm glad you picked that up. Third chair. Zach, you, a, a, a regular uh, appearance, but maybe not uh, weekly or yeah, every, yeah, yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, a few things to know uh, as we enter into the Christmas time here at Care Church. Uh, we've mentioned it already before, but um, this upcoming Sunday is the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is all about love. And so it's a perfect time uh, to come with your friends and family and to have that one last time to focus in on, uh, on the Christmas uh, season here on a Sunday morning. But we do have one more time after that on a Tuesday night, which is our Christmas Eve service, which is at 7 p.m. And uh, that is another really special time for our congregation to um, be together and to prepare for Christmas morning, a celebration uh, of Jesus showing up. So, uh, Drew, any last things? I guess uh, just a reminder not to tell anyone that winter is here until December 21st. Uh, because nobody loves being told that um, more than me. So uh, <laughs> so if you actually make a mistake and say winter is here because it's cold, technically it's not until December 21st. So That's true. Don't be, yeah. don't be that person. Yeah, don't actually tell people that, but just know it's coming. Okay. Winter, winter is coming. Can I, is that overused? Winter's coming. Yeah. yeah. All right. Until next time, take care. Mm-hmm.